Section 18 of The Jolly Parisiennes and Other Novelettes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in September 2018. Madame Chabre by Emile Zola. Translated by George D. Cox. Chapter 3 estelle's enjoyments the chabras had taken the first floor of a large house at puriac which overlooked the sea as there were only some taverns in the village they had been obliged to hire a woman from the neighbourhood to cook for them and precious cooking it was joints reduced to charcoal and sauces of suspicious colours from which it resulted that estelle preferred to eat bread but as monsieur chabre said they had not come here to feed he for his part hardly touched the aforesaid joints and sauces following the doctor's advice he stuffed himself with shellfish the hardest part of it was that he detested these unknown things with their odd shapes having been accustomed to plain ordinary food though by the way he was as fond of sweetmeats as a child shellfish salted shellfish peppered shellfish of such strong and unexpected flavour tried his palate to such an extent that it was impossible to avoid making a wry face when he swallowed them but he would have swallowed them shells and all if necessary so desperately anxious was he to obey the doctor's behests my dear you don't eat any shellfish he would often say to estelle insisting that she should eat as much as he did and then the argument would begin estelle saying that dr guirard had not spoken of herself having discovered an oyster bed she at last complied so far as to eat a dozen at every meal it was not that she for the benefit of her health personally needed oysters to eat but she was very fond of them life at puriac was dull to a degree there were only three families of bathers a wholesale grocer of nantes a retired notary from guiranda a simple deaf old fellow and a family from angers who used to fish all day standing up to their waists in the water this little world gave few opportunities for diversion they used to bow to one another when they met and matters went no further on the deserted quay the greatest excitement that was known was an occasional dog-fight estelle who was accustomed to the turmoil of paris would have been bored to death if hector had not paid them a visit every day he became monsieur chabre's great friend after they had one day taken a walk together along the shore monsieur chabre in a moment of expansiveness had confided to the young man the object of his visit and when he had scientifically explained to him the reason why he ate so many shellfish hector gazed at him from head to foot without thinking of concealing his surprise however the next day he presented himself with a small basket full of whelks which the retired grain merchant accepted with a look of gratitude and from that day forward being very expert at all kinds of fishing and knowing every rock in the bay he never came without bringing some shellfish he made him eat some splendid mussels which he gathered at low tide sea urchins which pricked his fingers when he opened and cleaned them and all sorts of creatures with strange names which he detached from the rocks with the point of a knife and which he had never tasted himself monsieur chabre delighted and no longer having to spend a copper loaded the young man with thanks 
hector always had an excuse for coming there now every time that he arrived with his little basket and met estelle he made the same remark i've brought some shellfish for monsieur chabre and then they both smiled and their eyes twinkled monsieur chabre's shellfish were a great source of amusement to them from this time estelle thought Piriac delightful every day after bathing she went for a walk with hector her husband followed them at a distance for his legs were heavy and they often went too fast for him hector pointed out to estelle the ancient splendors of the Piriac, remains of carvings and delicately traced doors and windows to-day the town of former times is a deserted village with streets full of dirt heaps straggling between gloomy hovels but the solitude is so sweet that estelle strode over the open sewers in the streets interesting herself in the least little bit of stonework throwing surprised looks into the houses where a whole bric-a-brac of misery littered the floor of beaten earth hector made her stop in front of the superb fig-trees with broad soft leathery leaves with which the gardens are planted and which stretch their branches over the low walls they explored the narrowest streets leaned over the parapets of the wells at the bottom of which they could see their smiling faces in the clear shining water whilst behind them monsieur chabre was digesting his shellfish sheltered beneath the green sunshade which never left him estelle derived great amusement from geese and pigs which go about in bands in perfect liberty at first she had been very much afraid of the pigs whose sudden rushes whose masses of fat rolling about on little feet kept her in constant fear of being pushed against and knocked over and they were so dirty too with their stomachs covered with mud and their grimy snouts grovelling in the earth but hector had assured her that pigs were the most good-natured creatures in the world and then she became amused with their mad rushing about at feeding time and admired their rosy skins which showed like ball dresses after a shower the geese too had attractions for her often two flocks would arrive at some heap of rubbish from different directions they seemed to salute each other with a snapping of beaks then they mingled with one another and discussed the vegetable refuse together one of them standing on the top of the heap with round eyes and stiffened neck as if immovably fixed to the spot and puffing out the white down on his breast had all the majesty of a king with his great yellow beak whilst the others with lowered heads searched on the ground with hoarse murmurs then suddenly the big gander would descend uttering a cry and the geese of his flock would follow him all their necks bent in the same direction walking in measure with an affected gait like that of disabled animals if a dog passed all necks were stretched out further and each goose hissed then estelle clapped her hands and followed the majestic procession of the two flocks who were returning home like grave individuals summoned by important business another of her amusements was to watch the pigs and the geese wash themselves when they went down on the beach in the afternoon to bathe like human beings the first sunday estelle thought fit to go to church she was not accustomed to do so in paris but in the country it passed away the time and gave one a chance to put on one's best clothes and look at other people and besides she came across hector there using an enormous prayer-book with worn covers he never ceased looking at her over the top of it with grave lips but eyes so sparkling that one could see smiles in them 
on coming out he offered her his arm to cross the little cemetery which surrounds the church in the evening after vespers there was another spectacle a procession to a calvary at the end of the village a peasant marched first carrying a banner of violet silk embroidered with gold and suspended from a red handle then came two long lines of women walking at distant intervals the clergy were in the middle the village priest a curate and the chaplain of a neighbouring chateau singing their loudest last of all following a white banner which was carried by a stout wench with sunburnt arms came a crowd of the faithful trailing along like a straggling flock with a din of clogs when the procession passed the harbour the banners and the white caps of the women contrasted with the brilliant blue of the sea and the slowly moving procession seemed invested with singular purity in the sunlight the cemetery affected estelle very much she did not as a rule care for sad sights and on the day of her arrival she had shuddered on seeing all the tombstones in front of her windows the church faced the harbour and was surrounded with wooden crosses whose arms stretched toward the immensity of the sea and sky and on stormy nights the breeze from the ocean sobbed through this forest of black boards estelle however had quickly become accustomed to the sight for the little cemetery had a gentle gaiety of its own the dead seemed to smile there in the midst of the living who crowded around them the cemetery was enclosed by a low wall which was about breast high and barred the way in the very midst of the village but people did not hesitate about clambering over it and following the walls which were hardly discernible amid the high grass children played there a crowd of children let loose among the granite slabs cats too hiding under shrubs sprang out suddenly and pursued one another one might often hear their amorous mewing and see the shadows of their bristling bodies and long tails lashing the air it was a delicious nook overgrown with wild vegetation planted with gigantic fennels with large yellow umbrels whose smell was so penetrating that after a hot day the scent of aniseed which arose from the tombs filled the whole of piriac and what a calm and tranquil spot the cemetery was at night it seemed to waft peace over all the slumbering village darkness blotted out the crosses belated promenaders sat on the granite seats against the wall whilst opposite the sea waves rolled the breeze blowing their salt breath inland estelle while returning one evening on hector's arm felt a wish to cross this deserted spot monsieur chabre thought the idea too romantic and went along the quay protesting the young woman had to let go of hector's arm so narrow was the path in the midst of the tall grass her dress made one long rustle the scent of the fennel was so strong that the amorous cats lying overcome on the ground did not even stir at her approach as she reached the shadow cast by the church she felt hector's hand on her waist she then felt frightened and gave a little scream oh how stupid of me she said when they emerged from the shade i thought a ghost had got hold of me hector began to laugh and tried to explain it oh it was some branch some fennel that brushed against your dress said he then they stopped and looked at the crosses around them the deep silence of death affected them and without saying another word they went on ill at ease you were frightened i heard you said monsieur chabre just what i told you 
when the tide came in they used to go and watch the sardine boats arrive just to pass away the time as soon as the sail was visible hector went on to tell them about it but the husband after he had seen half a dozen of them declared that it was the same thing over and over again estelle on the contrary did not seem tired of it she was more delighted every time she went on the pier frequently they had to run and she would leap from stone to stone holding up her flying skirts with one hand so as not to fall she was quite out of breath when they arrived and had to hold her hands to her chest whilst she threw herself back to recover herself hector thought her delightful thus with her hat off and her boyish look but the boat was made fast and the fishermen began to carry up the baskets of sardines which glittered like silver in the sun with their sapphire-like blues and their pinks of a pale ruby shade then the young man always gave the same explanations each basket contained a thousand sardines a thousand were worth a sum which was fixed every morning according to the abundance of the hall the fishermen divided the produce of the sale after having set one-third aside for the owner of the boat then there was the salting which was done at once in wooden cases pierced with holes to allow the brine to run off however after a while estelle and her companion neglected the sardine boats they went to see them but did not look at them they would start off at a run and return lazily silently gazing at the sea a good haul asked monsieur chambre each time they got back yes very good they would reply on sunday evening there was an open-air dance said Piriac the country lads and lasses with joined hands whirled round for hours repeating the same verse in the same low and regular cadence these rough voices murmuring in the twilight had a wild charm of their own estelle sitting on the beach with hector at her feet listened and became absorbed in reverie the sea flowed in with a caressing sound one might have imagined it was the voice of love when the waves beat upon the sand then the voice suddenly grew low and died away in the retreating water with the plaintive murmur of subdued tenderness you must be tired of piriac my dear said monsieur chambre sometimes but estelle hastened to reply oh no not at all really she enjoyed herself in this deserted nook these geese the pigs the sardines all had their attractions the little cemetery too was very pleasant this sleepy life this solitude peopled only by the grocer from nantes and the deaf notary of guerande seemed to her more tumultuous than a noisy fashionable watering-place at the end of a fortnight monsieur chambre who was tired to death of it wanted to go back to paris the shellfish he said had done him enough good but estelle protested saying oh no my dear you haven't eaten enough i'm certain you need more End of section 18